It was Jacob who said, I won't miss it. I won't miss it. Tell your neighbor, don't miss this. Don't miss this for the presence of God is truly in this place. Amen. What a homegoing celebration on yesterday. Glory to God, Mother Mitchell. Glory to God who stepped out of this realm of time into the realm of eternity. Great void left in the hearts of the family left behind. But what a consolation today, people of God, in knowing that Paul declared that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now you say, preacher, I'd love for you to explain that well. It's because we said on last Sunday that the soul and the spirit of man is that immaterial part of us that connects with God. We know as sure as we're born, this body's going back to where it came from. I don't care you can buy the most expensive casket and burial vault that money can buy. But over the process of time, the elements are going to get to you. But I believe this. I believe that in the resurrection, Paul spoke to the church at Thessalonica, the church at Corinth. And he talked about the resurrection. And he said the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Isn't that right, Mama? He said the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we that are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up to meet them in the clouds. And then from that moment, we're going to forever be with the Lord. Don't you find comfort in that today? Come on, don't you find comfort in that today? Why don't you just give the Lord praise, amen? Giving consideration to the time at hand and knowing that Sister Grace Galtieri will be funeralized here in just a few short hours, we're going to do the best we can to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit's presence that's already in this place. And I want to preach to a, a body of believers today that, that I believe the Lord has impressed upon our heart. Our children have already been dismissed. Amen. If you'll stand, we want to glean together from the Lord's Word. Just a couple short verses in Paul's letter to the church at Kalash. A few, few short verses. We want to thank the Mitchell family for entrusting us with her, their mother's services, don't we? We at Harvest Church are appreciative that they respected us enough to say this was Mama's church and we want to have the services here. As Brother Steve has already pointed out this fact, I don't believe that we have ever facilitated in one service that many people before. I wouldn't have been afraid to say between five and 600 people. And that speaks volumes to the life and ministry of Sister Georgiana Mitchell. And a number of her family are present with us today. So we thank God for you and for Mother. And we promise we're going to take good care of Daddy Mitchell too. Amen. He's, he's uh, outrunning me a little bit. We got the same birthday. But he's outrunning me a little bit. Amen. So we, we got to take care. He teases me about suits and clothes all the time. He's going to have to grow a little bit to fit these clothes though. Because he's kind of thin. And I know it wasn't because mama didn't feed him, because mama indeed fed him. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have a copy of the Lord's Word, amen, we want to look in the book of Colossians, Paul's letter to the church there. I actually have verse 13 displayed on the screen, but I'd like to back up to verse 12. I'd like to back up to verse 12 and begin there. Therefore... As the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, 
kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. For if anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. I want to draw your attention again to the 13th verse. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this allotted time you have allowed us to share together. We thank you that he, the comfort of the presence of the Holy Ghost, is already in the midst of our gathering. Now it's our prayer, O oh God, that you would speak to the body of Christ today, Lord, in a profound manner as you have before. And let the Holy Ghost convict us of those things that are wrong in our own lives and bring us to repentance so that we will be fit for the kingdom of heaven. I especially pray for the lost who are gracing our presence. And Heavenly Father, it is my sincere desire that they would come to know you while the opportunity is available. We promise in the very presence of this great congregation of witnesses and the host of heaven to give you praise for all that you do in this place today. In Jesus' name, God's church said, Amen. Amen. You might be seated if you can. Glory to God. It's the word of God that tells us through Peter that we need to be holy because God's holy. Isn't that right? Be ye holy for I am holy, says the Lord. What does that word holy mean? Well, it means unblemished. It means consecrated for the use of God. Uh, there are a myriad of definitions that we could apply to the word holy. But I believe that God expects us to be as He is. Amen. You say, preacher, well, we haven't received a glorified body yet. It's going to kind of be impossible for us to be like God. Well, it's the effort that God rewards. It's the effort that God rewards. Colossus was a city located about 100 miles east of Ephesus in the region during that time known as Asia Minor. It was a, a place that was considered a crossroads for both ideas and for religions. And Paul is writing now from house arrest in Rome this epistle that is called a prison epistle. Now you got to understand that House arrest meant that he was probably shackled to a couple soldiers, but he still had some liberties. So taking occasion to make full use of the time allotted, Paul begins to write to a sizable Jewish population nestled there in the city of Kalash. And while doing so, he's unveiling through the word of God the desirable character of the new man. In other words, what God expects us to possess as believers. Well, what is that, preacher? Well, he expects us to be holy. He expects us to be uh, kind. He expects us to be humble and meek and long-suffering. Amen. And he expects us to forgive one another. 
Now, that's not a topic that's going to get too many amens. But I want to tell us there are a lot of folk harboring the feeling and attitude of unforgiveness that's going to cause you to miss heaven. Because I heard the writer of the book of Matthew say that if we don't forgive others, the Father don't forgive us. I missed a good, you missed a good place to shout. I said if we don't forgive others who've trespassed against us, then God doesn't forgive us. That's the word of God, saints, whether we like it or not. Now, I just want to poll this audience and ask someone here today, have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever been let down by a friend? Have you ever trusted something very near and dear to your heart with someone who has told other people? All of you can testify. That's not a trick question. Because at some point in time, we have all been let down by somebody we love. Isn't that right? Sometimes the uh, closest associate, our family member, even a dearest friend. Well, it's pretty challenging sometimes to forgive people, isn't it? But it's not impossible. Help me, saints of God. It's challenging, but it's not impossible. I want to show us that, amen, that forgiveness is not the greatest challenge. Hello? It's not the greatest challenge. Because all we got to reflect upon is how God forgave us. If we reflect on how God forgave us, it should become secondhand nature that we forgive others. I'm going to take my time if you'll allow me. I'd love for you to look at Ecclesiastes chapter number 7 and verse number 20. Ecclesiastes 7 and 20. When we begin to feel real spiritual, and we begin to feel like we're exempt, hello, saints of God, when we begin to think that our walk with God is better than somebody else, look what the wisest human that ever lived outside of Jesus Christ had to say. This is Solomon. He said, there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Hallelujah. Jesus on one occasion said, why call ye me good? There is none good save the Father. So the next time that we feel that we're in a, a different spiritual class than somebody else, like we're exempt from sin, I hope the Holy Ghost would bring this verse to our remembrance. So we should all take this to heart whenever we're feeling really saved. I got some good news for us. They're not a saved person in this room. We all been born again. But if we were saved, then the Bible is a lie because the Bible says to him that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. We ain't got there yet, saints of God. We're striving, but we have yet to reach the end. We use that term loosely. I'm saying, well, I've been born again. I've had an experience with God. There's been a transformation that took place in my heart. Glory to God. But I'm not saved yet because I haven't reached the end. That's better preaching than you're responding, but I'm going to move on. And the next time after that that you feel real spiritually exempt, you ought to look at 1 John 1 and 8. 1 John 1 and 8 in the presence of God says this, if we say that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Oh my God. 
So the next time that we feel spiritually exempt and glory to God in a higher class with God than someone else, I pray the Spirit of the Lord would bring these verses back to our remembrance. I want to tell you something. If you had no sin, you wouldn't need a Savior. <laughs> if we had no sin... We would not need a Savior, thank God. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because without Jesus, salvation would be impossible. It would be impossible. Saints of God, here today, we all need forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. I want to share a thought uncovering forgiveness. Uncovering Forgiveness, to uncover means to remove a cover or a covering from. It means to bear. It means to expose. To forgive means it's a process. Somebody say process. And you don't pull up McDonald's in the drive-thru and get this. This is a process. Forgiveness is the process of uncovering and letting go of anger at someone who has caused us pain. Mother, I've heard this my whole life. I've been hurt. Who in God's name hadn't been hurt? Who hasn't been hurt? And then you know the other cry that I hear, oh, I've been hurt the worst kind. I've been church hurt. Help me somebody. Have I any witnesses in this house? I've been, well, I wanted to do this at the church and I was denied. Oh, Lord, that's the worst kind of hurt. Pinch your neighbor, I give you my permission, and tell them, get over yourself. Get over yourself. You are not the only one. Somebody else has been hurt, too. I've been church hurt, glory to God. Let me tell you this, we all need forgiveness. You know, the greatest challenge that we face is self-forgiveness. People are walking around in this present age, mother riddled with guilt because they have failed to forgive themselves. And therefore, they are stuck in a warp of time. They are not able to release it to the hands of God and trust the Lord to do as he declared. And we are walking around harboring these feelings and we are going to miss heaven. No wonder God wants me to challenge us today to uncover forgiveness. Uncover forgiveness. You tell me that at times in our life we have not all intentionally chosen the wrong way. Did you hear that? I said, tell me that we have not all at times intentionally chosen the wrong way. This is why forgiveness can be one of the hardest things. Forgiving ourselves can be so challenging. Anybody remember President Jimmy Carter, peanut farmer from Plains, Georgia? Jimmy had a sister that died in Fayetteville, North Carolina in 1983 right here near us. And she was, a, she was an evangelist and um, faith healer. And her name was Ruth Carter Stapleton. And here's what Ruth said. Self-forgiveness is essential to self-healing. You can't heal till you forgive. Oh, Lord. I said, you can't heal until you forgive. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I want to, I want to tell you, stop beating yourself up. 
Stop beating yourself up. We are so riddled with guilt that we just constantly beat ourselves up and cannot seem to find the ability to forgive ourselves. But Ruth Carter Stapleton said self-forgiveness is essential to self-healing. Let's look at Jeremiah 31, 34. Jeremiah 31, 34. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. Get this last piece. For I will forgive them their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. What a God. What a God. Somebody just lift your hand and say, what a God. Hallelujah. What a God. What a God. Hallelujah. This is the unconditional promise of God, saints, that I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. You say, preacher, I don't understand that. Didn't one writer of the Old Testament book say that God would cast our sins in the sea of forgiveness? Didn't one writer say that as far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord removed our transgressions from us? Then if we have the ability uh, to remember, then why doesn't God? God does have the ability to remember. He just chooses not to. He chooses not to. What kind of God would he be that couldn't make good on his promise? He said, I'll remember your sin no more. Man, we ought to be popping up around here like popcorn. How is that possible? Because God is so loving, so compassionate, so forgiving that he chooses not to revisit our sins or even bring them up before us again in a negative way. We like to use them, though. We like to use them. Come on, y'all. Oh, yeah, we'll tell a brother or sister, I forgive you. I forgive you, but amen. Let some rift be created between us. And in an instant, you say, remember that time? You remember that time you done wronged me? You remember that time you treated me bad? I said I forgave you, but I ain't never forgot it. Come on, somebody. They used to say we're going to bury the hatchet, but most of us leave the handle sticking up. We want to go grab it and use it when we need it. Y'all ain't going to help me out, help myself. Oh, praise the Lord, somebody. That's why forgiveness is so necessary. Forgiveness is so essential to the body of Christ. If we don't forgive others, our heavenly Father won't forgive us. And if we're not forgiven, we can't go to heaven. We can't go to heaven. Can't go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I don't care what nobody says. You can't speak to your neighbor across the aisle. Because of some rift created between you years ago. They stole your boyfriend. Get over yourself. They ain't the one God intended you to have no how. Get over it. I should have got that promotion. They brown nosed and got the job I ought to have. Get over it. God's got something better for you. Oh, glory to God. I wish I got, I had about five folk in here that would help me today, amen. But since you won't, I'm a big boy. I'll help myself. Yeah. 
My, 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 my. Hallelujah to God. God won't even revisit our sins and he won't bring them up against us in a negative way. You want to know why? Because God moves on. I said God forgives and God moves on. Oh, Lord, wouldn't that bless you today to know, amen, to God that someone you had offended just moved on. How about us, saints of God, wouldn't it bless us today if we could just move on? Oh, let me tell you what God told uh, those inhabitants of, of Moab. He said, listen to me, for what you've done, I'm going to wipe you clean out. Didn't he say that through the prophet of Obadiah? He said, You're going to, it's going to be like you never even existed because of what you've done to my children. How many of us are glad that God hadn't got that upset with us? There won't even be a remnant of your remembrance that remains. Saints of God, I don't know if you realize it or not, but God can take you out. I'm not talking about to the restaurant to have lunch either. God can take you out. My Lord, he can take us out. You see, forgiving ourselves is not justifying what we've done. No, 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 no. Forgiving ourselves, it's not a sign of weakness. Oh, Lord, can I preach this? Thank you, God. Thank you. Forgiving ourselves is not a sign of weakness. Oh, Lord, can I bless you and tell you something that's real profound? Forgiveness is not for the people that hurt you. Forgiveness is for you. Oh, Lord. Yeah, forgiveness is for us because forgiveness is not justifying what we've done. It's not a sign of weakness. We are not letting ourselves off the hook when we forgive ourselves. Well, then, preacher, what is it? Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. It takes courage and it takes strength to forgive. Can you change what happened? How many times have I heard y'all elders in here say, let me fix this because I are one now. Uh, they say, Pastor, you're not, getting, you're not taking advantage of things that are available to you now. I said, what? What, what, what are you talking about? They say, you know, at 55 years of age, you get discounts. Oh, praise the Lord. You, you, you get senior citizen discounts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mama said it is available. Oh, praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. They say, you didn't ask for the discount? Uh, I, I'm sorry. No, I didn't ask for the discount. But I've heard the elders say in times past, honey, if I only knew then. I knew y'all going to finish it for me. See? See? If I only knew then what I know now. And they finished that by saying things would be different. Things would be different if I knew then what I know now. Let me help you with something. You cannot change what has already happened. By the love of God, forgive yourself and move on. Move on. What was meant to take you out failed. And you made it. And instead of sulking in despair over what the enemy sent to destroy you, you ought to be rejoicing in victory that you overcame it. Hello, somebody. 
Y'all, let me rewind and say that. Let me rewind. Instead of sulking in despair over what was aimed to take you out, we ought to be rejoicing in the victory that helped us overcome. Hey, God have mercy, somebody. The devil sought to kill me, but God said, I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. Forgive yourself and move on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There, listen, I want to tell you something. There are very few things that are greater than the power of the spoken word. Are you listening to me? I said there are very few things that are greater than the power of the spoken word. Hmm? The Bible said life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can sit around and accept what everybody else has dumped on you if you want to. But I'm only going to receive what God's reserved for me. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Pastor, you need to move. You, like you said early in the sermon, you need to move on. I'm moving on. We need to hear ourselves forgive ourselves. Did David? Did David hear himself forgive himself? Of course he did. That's the only way he could be restored in right standing with God. I don't mean to be ugly, folk, but some of us need to speak those words into our own lives. And we need to forgive ourselves before we can move on. Come on, I know I'm not the only one in this room that done some things I don't want nobody to know. Brother Anthony said, there's some stuff in my life. Good Lord, I'm glad God don't remember, but I don't, don't even want to kill the vision, Lord. I don't even want to go back there. Oh, my, if y'all just be honest in the presence of God, some of you could throw both hands and say, thank you, God, that I don't have to revisit those places in my life. You forgave me, and I've moved on. I've moved on. Look at 1 John 1 and 9. Look at 1 John 1 and 9. What a powerful verse penned in the pages of God's written word. What does it say? If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I said there's very few things that are more powerful than the spoken word. Am I right? But I came to tell somebody at Harvest today, acknowledgement's not enough. There's a difference between acknowledging and confessing sin. There's a difference. You say, well, preacher, why is acknowledgement not enough? Because confession seals the deal. Confession, there's only one sin God can't deal with. Unconfessed sin. Unconfessed. And I can assure you today, the body of believers assembled in this room, that unforgiveness will bring about self-destruction. Because often associated with the spirit of unforgiveness is the spirit of pride. Y'all not helping me. I said, what's often associated with the spirit of unforgiveness is the spirit of pride. What does the Bible tell us about pride? God hates pride. He said, pride go up before fall. Come on, isn't that right? That's self-destruction. If we are too proud to forgive ourselves, that's an act of willful disobedience. 
and willful disobedience will separate us eternally from God. Now I know we live in an understanding world today. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. But God understands. Really? God understands? He said through the prophet Malachi, I'm the Lord. I change if not. He said through the writer of Hebrews, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. With all the ideology that we have conjured up, God doesn't change. He doesn't change. Can I bless you? He's not going to extend you special graces based on your ability. Can I bless somebody and tell you, you are not exempt. God is not going to extend special graces to you based on your pedigree. God have mercy. God won't change. Unforgiveness will bring self-destruction. Forgiveness will bring peace. It'll bring healing, mama. It will. It'll bring healing. And we can't heal till we forgive. Oh, God, have mercy. Then we need to place ourselves in a position to forgive others. Come on, anybody? Ever forgave anybody? Come on, now listen, God's got a record. We can respond, but God has the record. Forgiving others. What, listen, another word, another definition for the word forgive means to let go. Another definition for the word forgive means to literally let go. It means to set free. I've had people walk right down to this altar and tell me they couldn't forgive the people they loved. I've had wives walk down here and say, I just can't forgive my husband. I'm going to testify to the glory of God now. I'm a shepherd. I haven't told you who they were. I just said people. I'm speaking generically. I just said people. And my reply to them was, my God, if you have trouble forgiving, you ought to look at the cross of Jesus Christ. For when you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, I find forgiveness easy. Uh-oh. I said, I find forgiveness easy. At some point in our lives, we have all been wronged. We have all been offended. We have all been sinned against in our lives. Anybody remember Mahatma Gandhi? Anybody remember him? He was born in the 1860s. He was assassinated later. He was a lawyer, politician, a social activist, a writer. In the process of time, he became the leader of the nationalist movement against the British rule of India. You need to write this down. If you don't write nothing else down, I tell you today, write this down. Mahatma Gandhi said this, the weak can never forgive. For forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. Did you get that? The weak can never forgive. For forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. Take that into consideration when reading our text today because our text reflects the forgiveness of God. 
It's going to get tight from here on. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, you might, <laughs> you might want to tighten your belt. It's going to get a little, it's, it's going to get a little tougher, a little, a little bumpy from here on. You know how it is when you're riding an airplane and you hit a little turbulence. It's getting ready to get bumpy here in the next few minutes. Forgiveness involves repentance. Don't get repentance and remorse confused. Remorse means I'm deeply sorry. Repentance means I've changed my mind. I'm going in another direction. I'm turning away from sin. Repentance is the total abandonment of sin. So preacher, why do we forgive? Well, number one, I pray we forgive because we've been forgiven. But I want to tell you how that we can forgive people who have offended us. The transformational love and power of God. That's the only way. It's not in us to forgive. Hello? When we were children, we'd have died before we took the last lick. We'd be riding for miles. Mom and daddy had them cars big enough four youngins could lay down back there in the back glass. Two of us would be laying in the floorboard, smelling exhaust fuel. No wonder we so twisted. No wonder we so messed up. We done smell carbon monoxide for six or seven years. No wonder. But we'd be riding along, Brother Charlie, get bored, and we'd start passing licks. Y'all know what lick. I'm not talking about what the dog does to you because he's happy to see you come home every afternoon. I'm talking about, Mama, he hit me. Mama, Larry hit me. Larry, don't hit Terry anymore. So then I hit Larry. Larry, Mama, Terry hit me. Terry, don't hit Larry anymore. We riding along. How many ever thought you were smarter than your mama in the fourth grade? I thought I was smarter than my mama in the, in the fourth grade. But they know some stuff. It's, a, it's another sense that God gives. Hello. You heard Brother Alfred say it yesterday. Trying to walk by his mama, smoking joints, drinking alcohol. Walking by mama's bed chamber. I didn't even say nothing. How you know I've been drinking? I'd be wondering who she called, Brother Alfred said. No, it's that other sense that God give mamas. Y'all ain't, I'm trying to help you women. Y'all sitting there, y'all sitting on your hands, I believe. Anyway. Anyway. The truth of the matter is, we don't have the power or ability within ourselves to forgive. We don't. It comes from the transformational power and love of God. You see, in Christ Jesus, we've been given the power to love our... Oh, God, you're going to get... We've been given the power to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us. I said in God now, I said we've been given the power to bless those who curse us. We've been given the power to pray for those who abuse us. It's impossible apart from God and his transformational love. But did you know there were benefits to forgiveness? Boy, you tell a woman that something's on sale at Walmart. You better move. We men walk in, get what we got to have and go. But not women. They hear they're going to save three cents. Thank God for my lovely wife who is a cost-conscious shopper. Yes, she is. She's a cost-conscious shopper. 
And I don't have to beg her to go shop. All I got to do is hint at it. I need to spend some alone time with God. That dust like the coyote and roadrunner. I say, go shopping, honey. I need to spend time with the Lord. Not a problem. But a very cost-conscious shopper, listen to me, my friend. The Bible says that, that only through God have we been given the power and or ability to love our enemies, to do good to them who hate us, to bless those who curse us, and to pray for those who abuse us. But I got to stop here for a moment because I want to tell us there are benefits to forgiveness. Preacher. What, 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 what kind of benefits are you talking about? Healthier relationships when we forgive. Isn't that powerful? When we forgive, we have healthier relationships. Oh, God, somebody, when we forgive, we have improved mental health when we forgive. Oh, my God, when we are, when, when we are able to forgive, we have less anxiety. Oh, this is good preaching. We have less stress and hostility. Our blood pressure is lower. Look at the benefits of forgiveness. Fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and even better self-esteem. When we forgive. Y'all be looking for people to forgive before church is over today. Come here, honey. Glory to God. And here's the attachment we like to put on it. Knowing good and well we done done somebody wrong, we like to walk up to them if. If, mother, mother, if I have wronged you, will you please, look, you know you wronged them before you go. Take out the word if. I'm sorry I wronged you. I'm sorry I offended you. I'm sorry that I sinned consciously against you. Please forgive me. Where's my cord? I need some volunteers. Come here. Where's my cord? I want to bless somebody real quick right here. Oh, I can't get no volunteer. It's all right. I'll implement the draft. Hello? I don't have no kids in here. But look at this. Look at this. I'm not, hey, look here. I, I need some folk to help me bring about a point. Come on, Brother Harold. I was preaching one Sunday. It got so good to Brother Harold. He was sitting right there where he, where he, where he normally sits. And it got so good to him, he started preaching. I began to explain some things, and I said, what will do that? And he sat on the edge of his seat and said, the word. <laughs> I, need, I need at least one more volunteer. Come on, I got to have, have two people. There comes Brother Jason, Brother Steve. Come on, I got four. Give me, come on, Brother Steve, you can come too. Give me one more. I can make it four. I can make it four. Hold that. Come on, Brother Robbie. Hold that, Brother Jason. Hold that, Brother Steve. Brother Robbie. I'm going to see what your wives taught you about braiding hair. How many, how many agree with me those are four separate strands? How many agree with me that those are four separate strands? But how, how many of us know today that repentance and forgiveness are intertwined? I can't get no help in here. I said, how many of us know that forgiveness and repentance are intertwined? How many, how many, oh God, I'm going to drop the words of a, I'm going to drop the words of a famous commercial on you. You can't get one without the other. Oh God, that, that little infomercial for love and marriage, you know, Peg and Al Bundy. Yeah, love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a hand in carriage. 
You can't have one without the other. Woo! Preach, Pastor, preach. Y'all ain't getting this, but I'm going to drive it home. Glory to God. I said, because repentance and forgiveness are intertwined. Amen. You can't have one without the other. If you are willing, amen, in yourself to forgive, you will receive repentance. But if you are unwilling, glory to God, you will not be forgiven. This is the word of Almighty God. It's the word Jesus said it. It's written in red in your scriptures. If you do not forgive men their trespasses against you, then God will not forgive your trespasses against him. I'm a, I, I'm a Christian. Act like it. I'm, I, I'm a Christian. Act like it. Forgive. I've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and fire baptized. Act like it. You better say so. Sister said, let's be Christians for real. Woo. My God, I want to see how good you boys can braid hair. Now listen, somebody did have to work for you. So I want to see you guys intertwine those four separate strands. I'm going to let you know if it passes inspection too. Women, y'all going to have to help them because I can tell you right now that many of them never brushed their daughter's hair. Praise God. Hallelujah. Boy, them boys, hey, look, look at it. And them engineers. Praise God, somebody. What are you trying to say? Oh, my God. Listen, Peter thought he was going to be real spiritual one time. And Peter wanted to buck rabbinical tradition. And here's what he said to Jesus. This is found in Matthew's gospel. Amen. Glory to God. Chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Peter said, well, I'm just going to show the Lord. I'm, 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 a, I'm of a different spiritual class than my brothers. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to buck rabbinical tradition. And rabbinical tradition said that I can forgive a person through times for the same sin but I can't extend to them forgiveness for the fourth time. Anybody getting this? This is what rabbinical tradition said. And Peter said he said, listen, then Peter came to him and said, Lord. Came to who? He came to Jesus. He came to Jesus. He said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Anybody done the math? Peter doubled rabbinic tradition and add one. Rabbinical tradition said Three times, but not four. Peter said, I'm going to one-up the devil. How many of y'all ever thought in your mind you're going to one-up the devil? I'm going to do better than that. I'm going to show the Lord just how sanctified I am. I'm going to show God just how saved I am. Here's what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do, Brother Dees, is I'm going to forgive him six times and add one. Amen. I'm going to forgive him seven times. Now, you know, Peter was feeling real spiritual at that time. And Jesus burst his bubble because Jesus said seven times seven or 70 times. Y'all ain't listening to me. Peter said, I'm going to one-up rabbinic tradition. I'm going to go above and beyond and add one to or what rabbinic uh, teaching says. But Jesus said, no, you're to forgive them 70 times. I can bless you right now and tell you that when we demonstrate the attitude of resentment, of bitterness, and of anger, we are not displaying the traits or attributes of a child of God harbor those feelings of resentment come to the altar of God and say I can't forgive people I love I got some good news for you you're not going to heaven 
I, I, I thought I heard at least one or two amens. If we can't do that, Brother Hunt, we can't go to heaven. Can we? Those are intertwined. They are inseparable unless somebody comes along and unravels the knot. Follow what I'm saying? Fellas, uh, I'm going to have to give you credit. You, you passed the braiding experiment. Yeah, you did it. Now let me see you tie both them together. Oh, yeah. You can be seated. Some of y'all sweating BBs right about now. It's okay. It's okay. Let me tell you something. We're not displaying the traits of a Christian if we harbor those attitudes. Listen, I, listen. when I was an evangelist, man, I could, hey, look. Brother Hunt told me this recently. <laughs> he said, brother, let me tell you something. When you got to speak to the same group of people every week, it'll challenge you. When you got to look in the same faces and deliver the word of God, you better know you called. But when I was, a, when I was an evangelist, I had that Muhammad Ali. I stuck and move. I'd stick and move. Come on, somebody. I didn't have to look at that. Come on, y'all. Help me, preachers. Y'all, y'all. Y'all done got locked jaw or something in large. I, I can't say nothing. It's a whole new world when you got to look at the same congregation of people every week. But I want to tell us what we shouldn't do as the body of believers. We should not form the habit of counting offenses. Did I just say that? We should not form the habit of counting offenses. When people have wronged us, we should not have a tab on how many times they've sinned against us. You know what it's going to do? It's going to make it even more challenging to forgive them. So what should we do? Well, let me help us. We should cultivate a spirit of forgiveness. I can't do it outside of God. I don't know about you. I couldn't have swung my legs off the bed this morning without God. Hallelujah. There are benefits to forgiving others. A lot of people walking around with bad health right now because they won't forgive. I won't tell you who this was, but it was someone in this area. Now, how many know the Bible said in the Word of God in the book of Chronicles, touch not mine anointed, do my prophet no harm? How many know it's a dangerous thing to put your mouth on who God called? Y'all quiet now. Y'all quiet now. I said it's a dangerous thing. Let alone your hand. I'm talking about this right, right here. It's a dangerous thing to put your mouth on who God has called. You better not forget who breathed life into you. Because he, because he reserves the right at any time to take it back. There was a lady who was deathly sick. She said a lot of bad things about her spiritual leader. I'm just going to bless somebody. And someone went to her. And they said, God told me that he would heal you. If you forgave this brother. She didn't get a chance to say anything. Because her husband spoke for her. And her husband said. She will do nothing of the sort. She will not apologize in any way to that individual. Wasn't long this woman died. I'm trying to tell somebody at Harvest. Don't let harboring the spirit of unforgiveness. Separate you from an eternal destiny with Jesus Christ in heaven forever. And it's shocking, but it's happening. 
we're walking around in bad health because we can't forgive people who've wronged us. It's the truth. We might as well fess up. It's the truth. We're going to miss heaven. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And enjoy the benefit of being forgiven. The benefit of being forgiven. God is so loving and so merciful that he has provided forgiveness for us. How many folk at Harvest are grateful for that today? How many glad you didn't have to buy it? How many glad that it wasn't based on your pedigree? How many glad that it it doesn't have anything to do with who your family is? Now, I grew up on the borderline of segregation. Okay? Mama, you, you you can tell us a lot more. Because God has blessed you to live a great number of years. I I wasn't big enough at the time, Brother Ted. I wasn't big enough at the time to see those restaurants or those modes of public transportation and all that 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 discriminated against us based on our culture and our race. But I remember kindergarten and first grade where I only went to school with Native American children. Are you following me? I remember my wife said, you can't remember that. I said, honey, what you talking about? Yes, I can. You've got the most vivid memory of anybody. Listen, I remember going to Fairgrove with only Native Americans, brother. Kindergarten, first grade. When Dr. Tom Jones said yesterday, I graduated with Mama Mitchell from Rosenwald High School. I said, hold up. Oh, wait a minute, brother. I went to Rosenwald now, but it was elementary school when I went. Well, you see, that was during segregation. And a lot of people say, I just don't know. I probably would have got killed back then. Because don't it just get under your skin when folks look down on you? You ain't human if you're going to sit here and tell me that that don't bother you. You must be an alien or something. But when people debase your intelligence... And look down on you based on your creed and or color. Yes, they did. They did. But oh, thank God, look at the world we live in now. How about the word of God that said the last will be first. And the first will be last. I'm talking about forgiving. I'm talking about the blessing of being forgiven. Now listen, when I grew up in our neighborhood, when people moved in, my mother would say, take this pot over there, son, and welcome the neighbors into the neighborhood. Oh, my God, now let somebody buy a parcel of land across the street from you. You looking out the blind. Who that is, who that is, who that is over there. Brother Harold said, put up a fence so they can't look over into it. It might be comical. But it's the loving God's truth. But we go into heaven. We can't get along in this life. But we go into heaven. We got to get it right with God. And we'll go to heaven. I don't have, I don't, listen, I don't have a problem when I read the next scripture. The next scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God has provided forgiveness for us. For that we're eternally grateful. He made him 
who knew no sin to be sin for us. Woo! Glory to God. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Oh, it's not because of what I've done, but because of who He is. Hallelujah. Come on, saints of God. Stand with me all over this auditorium, would you? My Lord, have mercy, God. Listen, what, what happened here? The greatest transaction in the history of the world took place. What, preacher? Jesus exchanged, glory to God, his righteousness for the sins of all of humanity. Can I bless Harvest Church and tell us here today that we deserve death, but we received God's acceptance. We received eternal life. Through Jesus Christ the Lord. Woo, I don't know if that makes you feel like shouting. Yeah, but it makes my feet feel like hinds feet. Glory to God. Yeah, because he didn't have to do it, but he did. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. We might be made the righteousness of God in him. How many know you're a child of God today? Do you know you're a child of God? I'm a child. And Lindsay sings that song. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. 1 John 2 and 2. 1 John 2 and 2. I'm trying to stop. 1 John 2 and 2 says, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means the atoning sacrifice. Who is Jesus is. And not for just your sins and mine. Ah, yeah, yeah, help me, Lord. Woo! But for the sins of the whole world. Thank God he did not have regard to race, creed, nationality, or color. But Jesus died for us all. He offered forgiveness to everyone who would repent and come to him. Thank the living God. Not only have we been forgiven, but we've also been cleansed. Praise the living God. So then you say to me, Pastor, is forgiveness really that easy? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed over this auditorium. Listen, this is the most serious point in this service. How can you stand before me and publicly declare that forgiveness is that easy? Because God expects you and I, hear me righteous saints, God expects you and I to extend the same grace to others that he has extended to us. You getting that? Would you, would you honor me this morning if you are lost in this building? Would you honor me today in the presence of Almighty God? If you're lost, would you lift your hands so I can see you? God bless these hands. God bless these hands. They're going up all over the building. God bless you. It takes courage to do what you've done. It takes courage to do what you've done. But I want, to, I want to assure you that you don't have to remain in that condition. You can come to Jesus while you have the time. While the opportunity is before you, you can come to Jesus. You can do it right now. Those hands that were extended in the heavens, 
I wanted you to do that, that I might form a visual of you and pray for you. But there's no time like the present time that you could come to the altar. The Word of God tells us it's a place to meet God. You could come to the altar of God and find forgiveness for your weary soul. Pray, saints of God. Would you pray? Would you pray? Pray. We're going to pray. That God would help those individuals to be released from the bondage of sin that have separated them from His presence. I need to hear the church praying. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray in the presence of the Lord.